In today's show, I'm looking back at all of the NBA action from Sunday. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore bball and on Instagram at lockedonfantasybasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. 10 games on Sunday in the NBA. So let's start talking about those 10 games right now. The first one of them, wow, what an upset this was. The Celtics go down to the Wizards 104-91. The Celtics were, of course, without Marcus Smart, but everyone else was playing. Kemba Walker, 29 minutes, 25 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 threes. Like, not a bad game from Kemba, pretty efficient. We know he's been pretty disappointing so far this season, but this was a good step in the right direction. He had 37 fantasy points here. Jalen Brown, 29 minutes, 25 and 7 with a steal and a block. Only one of three from the line, but great field goal efficiency once again, 52%. But no assists, uh, not not great. 34 from the uh, 34 fantasy points overall. Um, yeah, he has. We talked about regression for Jalen Brown. He's the 84th ranked player over the last two weeks. I think that you know the 84th ranked player over the last two weeks versus the 28th-ranked player over the course of the season. He fits somewhere in the middle there, probably in the 35 to 45, 450 range. So yeah, he is going to go up and down, and so much of it depends on that efficiency. It was a terrible night from Tatum. Six points in 23 minutes for 21% shooting. Um, only eight boards, four assists, and a steal. Got to the line once and missed that one. Had some foul trouble as well, which kept his minutes down. Just a really, really poor performance from Tatum, who is only the 23rd-ranked player this year. And I think it's fair to say he's been somewhat of a disappointment. Daniel Ty started at center. Only played 20 minutes. He did have to go to the locker room. I still think he is a 12-team league guy, barely. Just a back-end player. While Thompson played 18 minutes off the bench. And Shemi Ojale had three points in 31 minutes. That's why we didn't want to get too overexcited about that big offensive explosion that Semi had the other day. Um, it just wasn't going to be something that was able to continue. Jeff Teague out of the rotation once again, while Peyton Pritchard had four points in his 17 minutes as the primary backup. And Aaron Neesmith played 29 minutes in this blowout, had five points. I don't really know what there is uh, about Neesmith for fantasy. I, I don't think he's a particularly good fantasy option now or in the future. For the Wizards, Brad Beal, 35-7-5 with four threes on 56% shooting and a perfect 11-11 of 11 from the line. And Russell Westbrook, he wasn't exactly perfect from the line, one of three, nor was he perfect from the field where he shot six of 19 just to completely destroy your percentages. He had 13, nine and 11 with a steal. So some interesting popcorny type stats. He had 40 fantasy points. So that's why he's good in points leagues and shit in category leagues and just continues to confound with his uh, percentages. Mo Wagner. Went from DNPCD to starting center. 22 minutes, 11 points, 4 rebounds, 2 steals and a block. I don't know whether he'll continue to start. I don't know whether he'll play 20 minutes or 25 minutes. But I do know that if I've got Alex Len, it's absolutely no problem to drop him and then add Wagner. Len went from starting center playing 21 minutes night to out of the rotation. 
Scott Brooks just changing things willy-nilly. So go and add Wagner and see what happens. Alex Len. Get that garbage out of here! Rui Hachimura only played 22 minutes. He scored 15 points, which is pretty efficient. But no threes, one steal, one assist, zero blocks. Still not a great fantasy line. He remains the 228th ranked player this year who has zero business being rostered in a 12-team league. While Davis Bertans probably is not a 12-team league guy either. Eight points in 24 minutes. Moved to the bench so Garrison Matthews could start. Don't know why they didn't go back to Avdia. But Bertans had eight points in two threes. I know he'll be better than this. I just don't want to wait around for it. While Matthews had zero points in 20 minutes and Avdia played 28 minutes and had eight and 10. Obviously, neither of those guys are must-roster 12-teamers. Avdia, 232nd-ranked player this year, is just a deeper league guy who will show, show some improvement, but it's not going to be into the 12-team league discussion. The second game of the day, the New Orleans Pelicans and the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons win it 123-112. There are going to be changes in New Orleans. It appears Stan Van Gundy was not happy. He's talked about we're going to look at rotations. We're going to look at lineups. To me, the obvious one, I don't know if he'll do it, but the obvious one is Kyra Lewis starts for Eric Bledsoe. I don't know that they'll do that, um, but it's obvious to me. Kyra played 17 minutes. He had 10 points. He had two assists and four steals. He can play on ball. He can play off ball next to Lonzo. He's active defensively. And Bledsoe just isn't really trying all that hard. Is Kyra an ad? It depends. You could take a flyer on it and then nothing happens at all. Like He just stays in a 17-minute role for six weeks and it's a waste. But that's the idea with having a streaming spot. Take a flyer when something looks like it may happen, which is what we're looking at might happen here with something, whether it's Alexander Walker or Lewis or whatever it is they're changing, or even Josh Hart moving into the starting lineup. Take a flyer, see where it goes. I still believe in Kyra a lot long-term. Lonzo Ball, 13-4-3 in his 31 minutes, while Eric Bledsoe, 6 points in 31 minutes, 1 of 9 shooting, a horrendous night. He is the 177th ranked player this year. He had 15 fantasy points. I think he's a drop. I know he'll be better than this, but... Again, much like I talked about with Bertans, I'm not here to wait around for it. Like I think he's just a, a pretty clear drop in 12-team leagues at this point, unbelievably. Um, Alexander Walker didn't play in the first half and then had six points on three shots in the second half, 100% shooting, while Adams had a nice double-double. But again, what are we waiting for, for this guy to be the 140th best player? Like, What's his actual upside this season? I'm not convinced I know how high he can get. And is that in a 10-team league, I wouldn't be bothering. Lonzo had 13-4-3 and three with three threes in his 31 minutes, while Zion Williamson, again, it's coming together. Two blocks, 100% from the field, uh, from the line, 50 from the field, 26-8. and eight. He's a 32nd-ranked player over the last two weeks. He is going to push into the top 20 next season, I would believe. Uh, he's starting to put stuff together, which is interesting. While Ingram had 26-4-7, and seven, big assist night, even though the field goal percentage was rough. The free throws were great. 9 of 10 from the line for Brandon Ingram. For the Pistons, no uh, Blake Griffin, so Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay. Big Deke energy. 16 points, 38 minutes, 6 assists and 3 steals. Now, I've criticized Bay in the past for being a guy that scores and hits threes, and that's it. And that's true until today. Those six assists and three steals, I'd like to see more to see that's not a fluke. But the last two games have been massive for him. But let's talk about something with him. Big minutes because A, Mason Plumley was out, and then B, because Blake Griffin was out in those two games. How does he get enough playing time to see 27 minutes a night? And even in, even in 27 minutes a night, is he worth it? Now, the last couple of games have been great, and it's boosted him to be the 132nd-ranked player in the last two weeks in only 23 minutes a night. So you can see there is hope there. I'm just not certain he's even going to play 23 minutes a night because 
That would require them removing Wayne Ellington from the rotation and playing Sadiq a lot at the two. I'm not sure they're going to do that. Um, I don't know. I, I understand the appeal in taking a flyer on a young rookie. If I'm doing it, I'm taking Kyra Lewis uh, versus Sadiq Bay. And Sadiq, I just feel it just feels unsustainable. I could be wrong on this completely. I just, you know, trying to find the right minutes combination to how he fits in and how he can continue to do this, it, it's tough. 25 minutes for McKay Luke, 18 points, four threes, two blocks in 25 minutes. But like Bay, his production is all over the place and he's only a deeper league guy. While Delon had 17, 7, and 6 and a triple double for Mason Plumley back. After his elbow bursitis, 17, 10, and 10, and they just went straight back to him limiting Isaiah Stewart so we can drop Stewart, although he did still have his three blocks. 21 minutes only for Josh Jackson, so that's an interesting number. Now, he did have foul trouble, so that kept his playing time down. 21 minutes uh, in 21 points, or other way around, 21 points in 21 minutes for Josh Jackson. Not a huge amount else, and he is going to be a hurtful player in terms of his percentages. While the Duke Wayne Ellington, just the six points with two threes. He was a 12-team league player at one point, and he is no longer at that point. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action. Football is over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, and real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website and use your mobile device or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Actually, you know what? You've got to use the promo code. What am I talking about? You've got to use the promo code. So go to betonline.ag, use the promo code locked on, and get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. Let's go across to the next game the Minnesota Timberwolves. Beat the Toronto Raptors 116-112. Carl Anthony Towns, 20-11 with three blocks. Strong from him. Strong from Malik Beasley as well. 20 points with six assists and six triples as he stakes his claim to be the second best player on this team. And they did it. They finally went back to starting Jared Vanderbilt. I didn't think that was coming. I thought maybe it was McDaniels. But Vanderbilt played 23 minutes. I like the fit in him and Towns together. I like the fit in McDaniels and Towns together as well. 12-7 and seven with two blocks. Only 23 minutes because him and McDaniels are splitting that time. But that sort of performance, 29 fantasy points as well there for Jared, that sort of performance has 12-team value. Whether that continues in those minutes remains to be seen, but I don't mind taking a flyer on him. McDaniels only 18 minutes, had 6-2, and two, while Josh Okogie basically out of the rotation, only 7 minutes, and I think when Culver returns, Okogie might be done. Anthony Edwards had 18 points in 35 minutes. Um, you're not particularly good across the board, 47 from the field, seven rebounds, three assists, but it probably is someone we need to hold in 12, not probably, definitely is someone we need to hold in 12-team leagues, while Ricky Rubio had his best game as a member of the Timberwolves for the second time. He had four threes in 30 minutes, he had 16 points, he had five assists, but I think realistically he's just a streamer for assists, and if you're looking for a streamer for points, Jalen Noel. Keeps putting up double-digit scoring games. Now, it's going to be hard for him to do that once Russell and Culver return. But another solid game. Guys, Naz Reed. Get that garbage out of here! You can drop him. He's only the backup to Carl Anthony Towns. He had two points in 14 minutes. You add him when Towns is out, and you drop him now. For the Raptors, Siakam 18, 8, and 6 with two steals. Inefficient, but good. And Lowry had 24, 4, and 4. Powell had 22, and 5. And Van Vliet had 22, 3, and 6. So, yeah, big scoring nights from a lot of their players there. 
The wiki Chris Boucher, just 18 minutes. I thought this might be a good matchup for him. Turns out I'm wrong. He played 18. Baines played 24. It's going to be up and down for Chris Boucher all season. We just hold on to him. We go through the ups and the downs with his playing time and his matchups. I think Nurse should play him. Or someone posted this on Reddit the other day that I think Nurse is a shit, shit ass, as they said. Shit house is the word. House, where you live. House. Um, that I think Nick Nurse is a shithouse coach and I hate him. I, that could not be further from the truth. And it, it just makes me think the impression people get from the way that I speak or what I say is so often so wildly wrong from the way that I actually feel. So it means I have to reassess how I'm actually portraying this information. Does anyone else here think that I hate Nick Nurse and I think he's a bad coach? He's one of the best two coaches in the NBA. So I don't know where that thought came from, but obviously someone thought it. Anyway, Chris Boucher, it's going to be up and down. It's going to be frustrating for us. And I think that Nurse should do a better job with Boucher, but doesn't mean I think that he's a shit coach. Baines had six and five in 24 minutes, and we still don't have the answer to what happens when OG Ananobi returns. But what about Scarves? OG, stop OG. Uh, You better stop OG. You better stop indeed. You better stop being injured. On to the next game. It is the San Antonio Spurs and the Charlotte Hornets. The Spurs win it 122. The Hornets 110. Maximum Derek. Now, people are out here, Josh, I can't wait till you talked about the Derek White haters and how wrong they are. All I'll say is that Derek White played 27 minutes. He had 25 points with four threes, four assists, and four steals. That was good for 45 fantasy points. He's a must-roster player. Make up your own decisions about how shit I am or how much I love Derek White or how trash he is and how I don't know what I'm talking about. Derek White had 25 points in 27 minutes with four steals and four threes. He will continue to start all season, and he should not be on any waiver-wise. That's all I need to say. DeJounte Murray was also good. 26-12-6 with two steals. Jakob Pertle played 37 minutes, and Aldridge looks like he's going to be out for a while longer. Make sure Pertle isn't on the wire. 8-12 and 12 with four blocks for Big Yak. While Keldon Johnson, this guy, when he finishes at the rim, how hard does he go in, man? He goes in super hard to the rim, uh, just hits blokes with his chest. 18-8, and eight, he's looking more comfortable playing alongside Derek White. There was a bit of a struggle early on, but this is a good game from Calden. While Lonnie Walker, I thought Lonnie Walker did all right, but he's just not going to get enough playing time. He's a 20-team guy, 20-team league guy only, 11 points in 19 minutes. For Lonnie, while Paddy Mills had 10 points in his 26 minutes, Devin Vassell in massive danger of losing a rotation spot here, especially when Aldridge eventually returns. For the Hornets, they had no Gordon Haywood. They had no P.J. Washington Jr., um, and then they lost the Devontae Graham in this game. Graham played only 19 minutes with a knee issue. I don't think he's going to remain must-rost. In fact, he's not even must-roster now in 12-team leagues. While Terry Rogier had 33 points in 40 minutes, he continues to be absolutely fantastic. 52 fantasy points for Rogier, seven rebounds, two steals, and a block, a massive game. While LaMelo Ball had a 26% usage, he wasn't at his best. But not at his best, meant 17, 12, and 8 with three steals, three threes, and a block. And Mallow is the 45th ranked player. And over the last two weeks, LaMelo Ball is the 12th ranked player in fantasy. 12th. He's not going anywhere. He's not moving from the starting lineup. He will be a top 30 player, is my expectation for the rest of this season. With all those injuries, Malik Monk stepped up 31 minutes, 23 points, five threes. Deeper league ad player, while Miles Bridges had to start because Haywood was out, he struggled. He'd been playing really well as a bench guy, but had just five and six here with a steal on a block. Uh, I think he probably is a 12-team league guy. I'm not really sure what's going on with Cody Zeller. Just 22 minutes, he had 10 and 12, while Biombo played more minutes. That's somewhat frustrating because Zeller wasn't in foul trouble. I'd like to see Zeller push to those 30 minutes that he got as soon as he returned um, 
from the injury. But unfortunately, that's you know, not what we're getting at the moment for him. So I'd like to see, I'd like to hold and, and view this over the next couple of games. But perhaps he could be a drop option if he's only going to play like 22 or 23 minutes a night. It's hard to justify having him as a must roster player. I tell you what, he's must roster though, Bilt Bar. Because it's the best tasting protein bar ever. It tastes just like a candy bar. Get yourself a box of Built Bar, put it in front of you, go through the flavors. What did I get in my mixed box? Caramel brownie, that sounds like one of these. Giggity! Cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, lemon almond cheesecake. They're new flavors. Cookies and cream, my favorite. How can I forget? And that joins the original roster of 12 flavors, which includes the goat raspberry and orange as well. Soft, easy to chew. I've got so many rude things that I want to say there, but I don't think Bill Barr would be too impressed. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're great to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. The Cherry Barcia Bar has 17 grams of protein and 130 calories, and just 4 grams of sugar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. The promo code is locked on for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Next game. The Portland Trailblazers beat the Dallas Mavericks on the road, 121-118. Robert Covington, 39 minutes for Bob Cub, 15 points, four threes, four steals. Covington's sheer. Covington's a must-drop player. Covington's a 58th-ranked player over the last two weeks. I know it's up and down. I know the scoring's not great, and he's not a good points league player. He had 33 fantasy points here. But still, he is doing the things that make Robert Covington useful in category leagues. The four steals here, he has, he's having some blocks come up. I think he's a guy to hold. Anthony Simons. 12 points for Simons, uh, four triples, not much else. But I think there is a chance that he can maintain his rotation spot even when McCullen comes back at the expense of Rocket Rodney Hood, who missed this one. He's playing at a very high level at the moment, Simons, for him anyway. Well, Gaz Trent had 17 points in his uh, playing time. No! Unfortunately, he had uh, one rebound and zero assists, shot the ball pretty well, and remains a must-roster player who will lose a ton of value when CJ returns. While Carmelo Anthony is a nice point streamer, he had 15 here in 31 minutes, didn't shoot particularly well, and didn't get to the free throw line at all. While Derek Jones played 32 minutes, his minutes had been reducing, but 32 minutes and two blocks, we know who Jones is. He is a streamer for defensive stats, and that is it. For the Mavericks, Doncic had 44, 7-9, 70% from the field and 92% from the line. Just massive contributions in your percentages there. While Porzingis, Porzingis. he had 18-8 and eight and two blocks. Now, Porzingis' actual on-court defense at the moment is horrendous. It is so, so bad. But um, he's putting up pretty good fantasy numbers. 29th ranked player over the last two weeks. Dorian Finney-Smith is doing a bit of Royce O'Neal work. 14 points, four threes, a steal on a block. He's 127th over the last two weeks. He's a strong 14-team league ad, and he can have 12-team league value. So the same goes with Maxi Kleber, who blocked two shots, had eight points, had a steal on a block. They're not going to help you win the sexy stats. They're going to give you threes and steals and blocks and be solid in efficiency. Joshy Richardson. Get that garbage out of here! He's a drop. 25 minutes, six points. He'll be better than this, but I don't have the patience to deal with that bullshit. And the same with Tim Hardaway, who's the 143rd ranked player this year. He had 12 points in 27 minutes with two threes. Maybe he's better than this. Maybe he's not. But if he's not going to consistently push the top 100 or even the top 120, there's no point in me hanging on for a guy that can be like a 13.23 per game player. I can find that by streaming on the wave wire and probably not hurt my field goal percentage as much as it means to hang on to... Um, to Timmy Hardaway, yeah, not not massive on, on keeping him on a roster at this point. 
Um, I don't know what to make of this one. The Bucks beat the Thunder. Sorry. Let's try again. That's how uh, screwed my brain is. The Thunder beat the Bucks 114 109. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Triple-double with three steals and three blocks and hit all of his free throws. An absolute monster. 24-17-10. and 10. Unfortunately, couldn't get the win. 72 fantasy points there. Well, how about Punchbob? Punchbob shipbloke, Bobby Portis, 21-6 and six in 28 minutes with three steals. And I, I will admit that I am not a big Punchbob fan at all. I think he is a selfish poor... De- oh, sorry. I think he has been a selfish on-court player who has had poor defense and poor efficiency, and then he's gone around punching teammates in the face. Not great. But he's improved a lot. He's defending better. He's not defending great, but he's defending better. His efficiency is way up. He is not taking stupid shots and trying to hog the offense. He's playing at a really high level. 21-6 and and two threes, three steals. As much as I've been trying to say, I can't see how it continues. It's not how he plays. He's doing it for, what, two months? Fine, 12-team lead. Chris Middleton, 23 points, three assists with two threes, while the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, 17 and eight with two assists and five triples. Must roster until Drew comes back, while Bryn Forbes, this is why I didn't think Bryn Forbes was must roster. The 14 points is fine, but he had a combined two rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. He does nothing else apart from hit some threes, and that can be valuable. Hey, maybe you string him in ahead of Tim Hardaway, but with what he's doing as a starter is basically what Hardaway is doing at the moment, and that is not must rosterable. Only 20 minutes for Brooke Lopez. It was a shit-ass night from him. Two points in 20 minutes with two rebounds and a block. I am still holding, but in an eight-teamer, I'd drop him. And in a 10-teamer, I would consider it. And in a points league, I would definitely consider it. For the Thunder, they had no Shea Gildas-Alexander. They had no Theo Maladon. And someone uh, someone tweeted at me today, hey, guy, uh, Josh, just so you let you know, it's not actually Theo. It's Teo. I know it's Teo Maladon. And I, and I know that's the problem when people don't listen to every podcast you do and they don't realize that I'm taking the piss by calling him Theo. Um, I know it's Teo. I'm just clearing that up. I'm just being funny. For Someone told me today that they have they have someone that they know, in people that they've heard, multiple people they know in the States, this is completely irrespective to this, that called Chetty Osman CD. CD Osman. CD. Okay. Anyway, I know it's not... Uh, Theo Maladon. Uh, but let's go back to my original point. No Shea, no Maladon, no George Hill. So they started at point guard, Justin Jackson. And Jackson delivered. What the hell is going on? 22 points in 34 minutes, four threes, five assists and a steal. Back-to-back 20-point games from Justin uh, Jackson. I have seen Justin Jackson play in the NBA before. I have seen him have 20-point games. I've seen him have zero-point games following up from that. I am not tripping over the old dick to go and run and grab him, but it's definitely interesting, especially if Maladon and Gildas Alexander are made sidelined. I'd add him in a 16-teamer, and let's just see what happens. Al Horford, 27-9, great from him, while Darius Baisley didn't even shoot the ball in the first quarter and a half, and then ended up with 18-5-3, two steals and two threes. I still think that he's not a must-roster player, just because getting more value from streaming, his spot is probably worthwhile. But then he has a game like this, and you go, that's what you were talking about, Josh. That's what you thought he'd be able to do. That's what you'd hoped he'd be able to do. It just doesn't happen often enough. So I wouldn't drop after this game, but yeah, I'm not, his leash is pretty thin. Kenrich Williams, 10 points and 5 assists, while Lou Dort had 19 points. No. 
My son is also named Bort. He had two steals, but he just absolutely defecated on your free throws. Four of nine is a killer on a Sunday. Dort is more of a 14-team league player. He's not even a top 200 guy this year. While MC Hamadou Diallo... He'd been putting up big numbers, then he moved to the bench and shit the bed. Six points on 19% shooting, the 13 rebounds are nice. He's a guy that I don't believe will be a 12-team league player once uh, Shea and Maladon and Hill return. But for the time being, I wouldn't drop just after this one performance under the assumption that Justin Jackson's just going to take all these minutes as we move forward. All right. On to the next game, we've got the Orlando Magic, the half-assed, uh, or the half-strength Orlando Magic losing to the Suns, 109-90. The Magic were without uh, a bunch of players. Frank Mason, Cole Anthony, Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, James Ennis, and of course, John Isaac and Markel Fultz. Um, Terrence Ross started, had 23-6-5, yeah, big volume game from him, but it's always going to be hard to compete in this sort of scenario. While Nick Vucevic, only 28 minutes, Steve Clifford was pretty pretty clear at the beginning of the game that he was worried about the minutes load on guys like Vooch, so with the game out of hand, he just got sat down 14-10. and 10. And the Baconator scored pretty well. Dwayne Bacon in 33 minutes. He's at least a guy that if you're looking for points occasionally with all these injuries, there's at least a stream option there. We got 23 minutes out of Mo Bamba. He had 11 rebounds and two blocks. Uh, shooting one of seven from the field as a big man is not ideal, and he's not going to be a regular rotation piece. While Carter Williams had 14, 2, and 4, and his value only extends until Cole Anthony returns. Trimra Kiki played 28 minutes. Just give him more, man. I just want to see him really pump out the minutes. 9 and 4 with a block and a 3. He is a nice deeper league guy who's cracked the top 200 over the last two weeks, but that's yeah, where, where he sits as a very much a deeper league player. Well, 34 minutes for Ken Birch. We had Bumber and Vooch playing together. This was just an all-over-the-shop type game. Well, Gary Clark, I don't know why this guy even plays. I know why he played today because he only had eight players, but zero points in 28 minutes. He should not be getting any rotation minutes as soon as a couple of guys... Um, as soon as a couple of guys return, uh, we, we don't need uh, we don't need to see him playing out there. It just doesn't make a huge amount of sense. For the Suns, Chris Paul, 12, 6, and 9, but yeah, no need to extend the minutes of these players. While Bridges went great on offense, 23 points, three threes, and he had two steals. Finally, steals for Bridges. Booker also had six assists and 27 points. It was just a very easy way to get good minutes here. Now, I'm going to say something, maybe it's controversial, but I'm glad that Frank Kaminsky was bad. 19 minutes for Frank, four points and eight rebounds. And I'll tell you why. Because I've watched Frank Kaminsky play for years and years and years. I've seen his production. And I know that he's bad. And I know that he continues to be bad. And then they decide, hey, a good idea for us, me, NBA, me as an NBA head coach, Monty Williams, this is a great idea for me to start a guy who's a horrendous defender at the five, let alone at the four. Let's put him together out there and let's, let, that's going to be our solution to winning games. And I sit here going, Monty, like kids, close your ears. Monty, have you lost your fucking mind? Like, what are you doing? And then it works. And I sit here going, Josh, maybe, maybe you've lost your mind. Are you crazy? Is Frank Kaminsky good? And you, you have doubts and you sit there going, what am I, what's wrong with me? Like, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Maybe Kaminsky is a 30-minute-a-night player, and he's going to get assists, and he's a key part to this team, and he's a guy that we add. When people ask me, and my brain just instinctively goes, no, don't add him. Like, what are you doing? So then I've seen the last two games, and I go, fine. It was a shit decision from Monty Williams. I was right. I'm not losing my shit completely, and Frank Kaminsky's trash. All is right in the world. I don't know if they'll continue to start him, but they have three better options there. Sharich, Johnson, and Crowder. If you did add Frank Kaminsky, 
Guys, you know what time it is. Get that garbage out of here! Sharich didn't do particularly well, and a lot of people were super excited after his first game. He, he's just a stream flyer type guy. He was never going to repeat those four steals that he had. Seven and five there. Well, Johnson had three points, clear 12-team drop Cam Johnson. And uh, Crowder had 12 points with four threes and a steal and a block. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Crowder's more of that 14 to 16 team league guy. How about DeAndre Ayton? This guy, man, no free throws again. He is super passive. The 65th ranked player, and I don't think it's a buy low. I think this is just who he is on this team. They're winning. But the frustrating thing is you pick this guy number one and he's a solid role player. Like That's what he does. And that's great to win games. But, man, you would have hoped for a little bit more out of DeAndre Ayton heading here into his third season when he is just uh, he's taking significant steps backwards. At least he's rebounding at a high rate. But, man, it is, it is tough to watch. And it must be tough to watch other players like Trey Young and, uh, and Luka Doncic in particular put up you know, absolute monsters game after game where this guy is out here just you know, just running around and taking up space pretty much. All right, on to the next game. We're looking here at the Memphis Grizzlies beating the Kings on the road, 124-112. Still no Desmond Bain, Justice Winslow, DeAnthony Melton, or Jaron Jackson. Kyle Anderson was great. 17-6-4, four steals, a block, three triples. He's the 86th ranked player this season. He deserves to be rostered in all leagues. We'll see if that continues when everyone comes back. But for now, he's been awesome. 25 and 10 for, sorry, 25 and 12 for Jonas Valanciunas. Well, Dylan Brooksy Brooks, 22 points on 50% shooting. Now, it did take 20 shots to get there. And he had two steals as well. Only one free throw attempt. But overall, not a bad game from Brooks, who uh, played 29 minutes and is yeah, putting up some interesting numbers at the moment. I still look like him more as a 12-team points league guy versus a 12-team category guy. And he's going to be hurt when all these other guys return. Grayson Allen, 10 points in 31 minutes with two threes, three assists and a steal. He can be a short-term streamer, but again, there's just too many guys to return there. While another poor outing from Ja Morant. I know people criticize me when I didn't have him inside the top 25 or top 30 to begin this season. But the reasons were the lack of steals and the lack of threes. Morant went 16 points, 10 assists here with zero threes, one rebound, zero steals, zero blocks, and shot 39 from the field and 67 from the line. Now, he'll be better than that from the field and from the line, and he'll get more rebounds. But the problem that we had with him last season is continuing again this season. And apart from those first two games that he was awesome, he has been poor. And I don't think there's any argument with that. He's the 128th ranked player over the last two weeks. He's outside the top 90 so far this season. And I think we need to adjust that expectation on Jar Morant. He's nowhere near his best. For the Kings, Marvin Bagley didn't play, but De'Aaron Fox returned. And in, in uh, Bagley's place, Daquan Jeffries. Now, if you're in an ESPN league, cover your ears. Because you can't even pick this bloke up. Despite the fact, ESPN, if you are listening, if anyone that works for ESPN is listening, please put me onto the fantasy basketball people. Get me, pay me. I will fix this shit for you. Daquan Jeffries played 13 games last year. You cannot add him in ESPN. He literally just started an NBA game, and this is probably the 10th time that has happened this season. It happened with Max Struess. It happened with Jay Sean Tate. It happened with Gabe Vincent. It happened with Anthony Gill. Do not play on ESPN Fantasy until they fix their shit. It is horrendous. Anyway, Jeffrey's played only 12 minutes. I thought he should have played more. I think he will be in the rotation ahead of Glenn Robinson, and he's at least a deeper league guy. He didn't score. He had three rebounds. Yeah, not, nothing great. 
Tyrese Halliburton was great. 26 usage, 22-4-4 and with two steals, while Darren Fox was a little quiet to begin the game, but ended with 23 points, 10 assists, and a triple one. The poor free throws are always an issue with him, 73% from the line. Uh, not a great game from Rashawn Holmes. I think it makes him a buy low. 22 minutes, 13 points with two rebounds. He's outside the top 90 over the last two weeks. While without Bagley, Nemanja Bjelica played 27 minutes. He had 9-4-3. and three. It's only a deeper league scenario there. Bud Heald, also not a top 100 player over the last two weeks. He had eight points on 10 shots. He is really struggling this season. 80 or outside the top 90 over the course of the year as well. He's not a drop. But he is very much moving into um, points and threes streamer territory while the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy! Only 29 minutes from Barnsley, 8 points on 33% shooting. The reason that Barnes has been so much better this year than in past years, an increase in efficiency and an increase in assist rates. Well, he was back to the bad old Barnes here. 8 points on 33% with only 2 assists. I'm not dropping him, but I've got... 10 years of experience of Barnes being bad and 20 games of him being good. So that's why I'm a little bit skeptical that maybe that stuff wasn't real and everything starts to drop back off. I'm still holding, but I am worried about that for sure. Corey Joseph chipped in with 16 points in 27 minutes with two steals, but he'll have one of these games every month and then the rest of them will be shit house. So not too, uh, not too much to be excited about there with Corey Joseph. Let us move on now. To the uh, to the next game we're, we're taking a look at here, and that is the Clippers beating the Cavs pretty comfortably, 128-111. The Cavs rested Andre Drummond, so Jarrett Allen started. He played 28 minutes. He had 15 and 10. That's serviceable. I have no idea what they're going to do on Monday in terms of the Allen and Drummond dynamic, but it is going to be one to watch for sure. Hold Allen in all leagues while Darius Garlo Garland, not rostered in every league for some reason. 20 points, 6 assists, 2 steals. Great game. C.D. Osman. 20 points in 25 minutes for him, three triples. He'd been shithouse, barely a top 300 player over the last two weeks. So uh, forgive me if I don't get excited about this. While Okoro had 10 points and uh, Torian Prince, the artist formerly known as Torian Prince. I'm going to say this now because he is rostered in leagues. Get that garbage out of here! He should not be in a 12-team league. What are we doing? He's not even a 14-team league guy. Get that garbage out of here. Let's have a conversation about Colin Sexton. I know people think that I shit on Colin Sexton a lot and that Josh is so, he hates him so much. I have been pretty complimentary of Colin Sexton this year. I was pretty big on him in drafts because you can't find 20-point scorers outside the top 50, and he was that guy. And my constant criticism of Colin Sexton is he scores, his field goal percentage is good, but he doesn't hit threes, he doesn't get rebounds, he doesn't get assists, he doesn't get steals, and he doesn't get blocks. Over the last two weeks, Colin Sexton is not a top 150 player because he is not getting threes, rebounds, assists, steals, or blocks, and his free throw percentage has dropped off as well. It is first two-year Colin Sexton, and it is a worry. As I mentioned with Barnes, I've got two years of him being a scorer who doesn't do anything else. He was great for the beginning of this season. I think his ankle is actually still bothering him. But this is a this is a concern here. He's now outside the top 75 over the course of the season, Colin Sexton. And the lack of peripherals is a real, real problem. And I think it's always going to be somewhat of a problem. We have to view him as a great mid-round player who scores 20-plus points and does it with really good field goal percentage, but then has issues in every other category. Now, he was... 
He did get to the line nine times, which is great. The problem is he only hit six of them. Normally, he's a much better free throw shooter. So that would have helped his overall line. But zero threes, three rebounds, two assists is not good enough. And it's not the makings of a top 40 or a top 30 sort of fantasy player. That just isn't who he is at this point. And I'm not convinced, honestly, that he ever gets there. That he's he's that that guy that's a consistent 25, 5, and 5 with 1.5 steals, hitting 2.53s. He just hasn't shown that to me uh, enough. For the Clippers, there was no Paul George and no Kawhi Leonard. So Lou Williams started. He had 30 points with 10 assists. He is an elite short-term ad with these injuries. Great ad. Don't know if it'll last. Probably won't, but a great ad. Marcus Morris had 23 and 6 with a steal and two blocks. A solid ad for Monday as well. While Paddy Beverly, only 20 minutes, but what a line. 16, 6, and 5, two steals, four triples. He was a 12-team league guy before he got injured. And those numbers would make me think that he's going to do that in the future as well. Big game from Serge Ibaka, 21 and 9 with six assists and two blocks. One of his best recent games. He remains a 12-team league guy. While Kennard played 28 minutes off the bench and Reggie Jackson has 32. If you want to drop Reggie Jackson, by all means. Get that garbage out of here! Stream his spot in. Kennard's not worth an ad. While it was a bit of a stinker from Nick Batum. At least he had two steals and a block, but it's only three points, two rebounds and two assists for Nick. All right. On to the last game of the night, which is the Denver Nuggets beating the Lakers pretty comfortably, 122-105. LeBron James. 22-10-9 from LeBron, but pretty poor from the line. No threes, no steals. Bit of an empty line overall. But I guess the big news from this one, not I guess, I know the big news, is Anthony Davis. Only played 14 minutes, had 15 points, banged into Nikola Jokic, and his Achilles tendinosis um, was aggravated. Uh, He's going to have an MRI tomorrow. He is almost certainly going to miss time here. It is not his Achilles tendon. It's not the one that you blow out that causes you to miss a year. That's not the problem. Uh, Go and check Jovan Buha on Twitter. He had a a nice quote from Davis about the tendon. It's it's something that's sort of surrounding that, sits over the top of that tendon that keeps swelling up. But with the Lakers in in comfortable position um, and with Davis's health keys to being or keys to them winning the championship, He's going to sit games here, and one of the Lakers reporters, Ryan Ward, speculated that, in just pure speculation, said that we might not see Davis until after the All-Star break, so that's about another month from now. So just be aware of that. Uh, not great. Now, the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, will start. He had 19-8 and eight here in 26 minutes. That's pretty strong. I think he's more of a 14-team league ad, but I wouldn't hold it against you if you added him in 12-teamers. Marcus Gasol had five points, while Montrezl Harrell was pretty poor. Four points in 24 minutes. Now, Harrell does play better when Davis is out, um, and he'd been playing on a, on a pretty good hot streak. That's why I had him as a bit of a sell-high guy. But now, with Davis out, I think uh, Harrell can maintain some of his value. Schroeder, again, uh, wasn't particularly good. Eight points in 28 minutes, while 25 minutes for Horton Tucker. Back in business with five assists and 10 points in 25 minutes there for Talon who had seen his minutes drop off a little bit uh, not not that long ago. For the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic played 35 minutes. He had 23, 16, and 10 with a block, while the headmaster, Jamal Murray, 25, 6, and 4. How about Faku? 26 minutes for Faku Kompazzo, one of the best passes you'll ever see as well. 15 points, 4 assists, 2 steals. He was excellent, as was Zeke Naji. 16 points for Najee in 24 minutes with four threes. He is shooting at a highly unsustainable rate, but with Paul Millsap leaving the game and not returning with a knee issue, uh, Najee could find himself in a slightly larger role. Jermichael Green started the second half, but only played 14 minutes. Is Najee ahead of him? 
I think it's worth considering, but remember, there was no Doja, there was no Barton, and there was no Gary Harris, three rotation players. If you're in a deeper league, 20, 18, 16-team league, uh, Najee's a guy to have a look at here. Michael Porter, pretty bad night, eight points on 11 shots. At least he had two blocks, but he's not playing particularly well. While Monty Morris had 10 points in a start, replacing uh, Barton, 30 minutes there for Morris. He can be a short-term stream guy, but he's not playing particularly well also at the moment, outside the top 180 over the last two weeks. While my man, RJ Hampton, who'd been playing well, did not. Four points here, one at one and six. Uh, didn't do too much in the uh, other counting stats either. But I still like the fact that he's getting the 20 minutes a night with Gary Harris out. But with Barton, Doja, Harris all out, and now Millsap injured, how Kampazzo and Naji and uh, Morris and Hampton all fit in definitely remains up in the air. Naji, the guy who really is performing at a high level, but the shooting that he is undergoing is uh, it's not going to be something that's able to continue. Now, he was a good shooter last year, and he worked on that a lot in the offseason uh, pre-draft, but he's not uh, you know, 80% three-point shooter, which is uh, about the rate he's currently going at. Let's have a look at some top ads now over the last 24 hours. Michael Carter-Williams was up 34%. You're pretty annoyed at him just murdering your percentages today. It does make sense if you want some counting stats with the injuries in Orlando to add him while uh, Big Sadiq Energy... Um, be, uh, actually, I screwed it up. Big Deke energy. That's what I'm supposed to say. Plus 26% for Sadiq Bay, who put up a massive game with Blake Griffin out. Made sense to try and stream him in with Griffin out, if you heard that news. I'm not convinced he continues this level of play, but take a flyer, by all means. Grayson Allen up 20%. Yep, yeah, for the short term, no worries. I just find it hard to see how it continues. Nerlens Noel up 14%. He's a must-roster player across all leagues. While Kenrich Williams up 13%. Much like Allen, really taking advantage of a bunch of injuries to become sort of 12-10 relevant. I wouldn't say that he's anything more than a streamer, though. In terms of drops, Pat Williams down 13%. Yep, fine. Will Barton down 10%. Yep, completely fine with dropping him in 12-team leagues. Alec Burks down 8%. Yes, Juan Toscano-Anderson down 8%, yes. And then Daniel House Jr. down 6%, not a 12-team league guy, so fine with him being dropped. The monstrous line of the night goes to the big fella in Milwaukee. Giannis and Tintokotomatu. 24 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. Hit free throws, 3 of 3 from the line, 56 from the field. This was an absolute monster performance from Yanni, who... Obviously has not been at his best this season, but he's starting to put it together. We're starting to see some big games come. We're starting to see him rise up the rankings, which is what you would have hoped for when you drafted him in the top. Now, over the last two weeks, he's the sixth ranked player. That's because he's shooting 77% from the line. So that massive negative has started to correct itself. Um, he's getting nice block numbers as well, which have been down all season. He is starting to put together some very, very big runs of, uh, of form. The rookie of the night is LaMelo Ball, 17 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 threes, and 3 steals. LaMelo is the 20th ranked player now uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks there. Uh, I think I said he might have been higher than that earlier, but other games have processed and that pushed him back down. He is averaging 21 points in 34 minutes with 7 boards, 6.5 assists with 2 steals, shooting 46% from the, sorry, 45% from the field and 90% from the free throw line, including 44% from three. I've got him projected to be a top 30 player the rest of the season. Let's have a look now at the top 50 rostered in under 50% of leagues. Marcus Morris at number one. 
at least a streamer while uh, Paul George and maybe Kawhi Leonard are out. And Patrick Beverly, as I just mentioned, he is a guy that is going to push up, I think, to be a 12-team league guy. Big Deke Energy, Sadiq Bay at number three. Um, yeah, again, I don't really buy it as a must-roster 12-teamer, and I definitely don't with Svi Mikhailuk. At number five, that's not Josh Jackson. That's Justin Jackson, who had a massive game for the Thunder in their upset win against the Bucks. Jackson is not someone that I'm adding in 12-teamers, but Jared Vanderbilt might be. He comes in at number six on this list, started next to Towns, only played 24, 23 minutes, which is annoying, um, but he's got the ability to be useful, especially for 14-team leagues. Finney Smith is a great back-end guy and a solid 14-team league guy. He was seventh. Eight was Malik Monk, who stepped up with Devontae Graham out. Very hard to trust him. Number nine is Jay Crowder. Just too many power forwards in the mix there in Phoenix to be anything more than a streamer. And then number 10 is Faku. Faku Kompazzo, who had a great game for the Nuggets today. But again, so many guards out of that rotation that it is hard to rely upon him as we move forward. So let's look at some DFS stuff for Monday's games. All right, so we've got... Uh, seven games here for Monday. Let's just have a bit of a, a quick run through, see what information we need to know. The first one, the Rockets and the Wizards, no spread or total out at this point. It's a back-to-back for the Wizards, so we assume that Westbrook will not play, um, but that's going to have an impact on how we build lineups for this game, whether he is in or he is out. Obviously, it increases the usage for everyone if Westbrook happens to sit out. For Houston, there is no Victor Oladipo, so that's important to note. The Chicago Bulls and the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers are six-point favorites here, and the total is 229.5. Dougie McDermott is questionable, but on the Chicago side, Wendell Carter Jr. is questionable. Now, if Carter plays, I don't know how much Gafford plays, if at all. And if McDermott is out, do they just push Lamb back into the starting lineup? Um, does that mean they give more minutes to Aaron Holiday? Does Jakar Sampson get in there as well? Do we get Goga Badadze back into the rotation? I, I would hope we could get some dart back in there. Problem with my Gogomobile. Gogomobile. No, not the da. Not the da. The Hawks and the Knicks. Um, Tony Snell is questionable for Atlanta. There's no Hunter, no Bogdanovich, of course. While for the Knicks, there's no Mitch Robinson, so another Nerlens Noel start. The Hawks are one and a half point favorites here, and the total here is 216 and a half. The Sixers and the Jazz. The Jazz are six and a half point favorites, and the total's 228. Joel Embiid is questionable with a back issue. I think they probably will start Tony Bradley if Embiid is out. It might be Dwight Howard, but I think they'll go with Tony Bradley in that position, and that bumps the usage of Simmons and Harris and Curry um, and any those guys coming off the bench, whether that's uh, Maxi, those if, if he's in the rotation or not. Or everyone gets extra shots if Embiid is out. Mike Conley is sidelined here for Utah. The Cavs and the Warriors. The Warriors are eight-point favorites. The total is 224.5. I expect Andre Drummond to return from his one-game rest. What they do with his minutes and Jared Allen's remain to be seen, but that's still that it's something we need to watch. While the Warriors will be without James Wiseman and Kevon Looney once again. The Heat and the Clippers, back-to-back for the Clippers. There was no Paul George or Kawhi Leonard on Sunday. There won't be Paul George on Monday. We don't know about Kawhi. So that gives opportunities for guys like Terrence Mann and Lou Williams and Reggie Jackson if Kawhi happens to be sidelined. For the Heat, no Dragic uh, again and uh, no Avery Bradley with Gabe Vincent listed as probable. While the Nets and the Kings, Kevin Durant is out with a hamstring issue. Marvin Bagley sat out for the Kings on Sunday. We don't know whether he will play. Um, Daquan Jeffries is the player that started in his spot on Sunday. So some opportunities for some value potentially arising there, depending on uh, the status of of those uh, players like Bagley or the Kawhi Leonard one in that other late game. That'll do it for me today. Actually, that's not true. Let's go through some value options. I think 6,500 for Drummond might be all right. I wouldn't be super keen on it, but it might be all right. 
Sub 4,000 for Sadoransky and Garrison Matthews looks all right. I like Noel quite a bit. I like Ingles and Clarkson quite a bit. I like Avdia at 3,800. I like Beal at 98. I like John Wall at 77. And I like uh, Eric Gordon at 6,200. And Darius Garland at 55 looks pretty nice to me. We'll talk more about that on the pregame show tomorrow. Guys, subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.